0: Isn't it good today to be able to come in and worship, amen? Amen. So thankful to be able that we have the freedom today to worship Jesus Christ and to be able to stand for Him. This week we're going to be preaching on overcoming the critics to see God's purposes and plans for not only your life, but for our church, amen? How many of y'all have critics? Or had critics? Or you say, well, I don't have none. Well, hang on. If you're doing anything, you're going to have them, Amen. We're going to have critics sooner or later for God's Word. And now, listen, there's a, there's a difference between negative criticism and constructive criticism. Amen? And you need to know that. You need to know the difference. Don't get mad at everything because everybody says something to you, okay? I run into people that way all the time. You say something to them about, hey, it, we need to do this or need Man, they just, I mean, puff up like a bullfrog. You know, if you do that to everybody that tries to say something to you, there is. Constru- constructive criticism, I, I've had it before. Mevlin's even said some stuff to me, and I want to blow up like a bullfrog. Amen. Look at me, husbands, you do too. You sitting there all puffed up now, and that's the way. That's the way it is. Constructive criticism is good. It makes you better. Amen. But there's going to be something if you do anything for Jesus Christ. If you step out in your call and do anything, uh, if you want to be great in anything, amen. And I believe today that Jesus wants us to be great in our calling. And there's just going to be some people that's going to be jealous. There's going to be some people that do not want to see you succeed. There's people that don't want to see this church succeed. There's going to be people that don't want to see your business succeed. It would make them all happy if you'd just fail. Amen? Boy, it's quiet in here. Y'all thinking, man, y'all must not have critics. I got them. Amen? I've had them before, and if you don't have them, listen. You say, well, I don't have critics. Well, you're not doing much for Jesus then. Amen? Because when you start stepping out and doing something for Jesus Christ and taking a stand, look at America. It really cracks me up of how we treat one player called Tim Tebow, and we treat another one on another issue. Amen? Look at Tim Tebow. He's not, you say, well, he just wasn't good enough. No, he got hounded. By the media, by the critics, by everybody, because he stood up and prayed. Man, he would kneel down and pray, and they would jump on him like dogs. But then you have another person stand up for this issue or this issue, and nobody made a, nothing about it. It's all okay. That's where America's going, amen? And, and if you're going to stand up for Jesus' day, you're going to have critics. If this church is going to reach out and impact this community... Believe me, I done figured one thing out in pastoring a church. I'm not going to make everybody happy in this building. Amen? I done figured that out. (laughs) I've tried. There's going to be some people on this side say that's the best sermon he ever preached. There's going to be one or two this morning saying, well, I didn't get much out of it. And there's going to be some over here say he didn't do nothing but holler and scream all day. That's just the way it is. I love what uh, I had a saying that I found a couple months ago. It was about, uh, if you're going to learn to lead the orchestra, you must be able to turn your back upon the audience. And that's so true in our leadership here in the church. If you're leading on your job, sometimes you've got to turn your back to the audience. You've got to turn your back to all the things that are being said and all the negative things that are being out there to be able to accomplish God's will in your life. Now, there's many, many, uh, many people in the Bible. Look at David. He experienced criticism. Look at Moses. Boy, he had to lead two million people of critics out of Egypt. The Apostle Paul had critics. Jesus Christ himself had critics for doing God's will. There was a woman that I read a story about when Daniel Webster wrote his dictionary. It took him a long time to finish this Webster's Dictionary. And this real negative woman come to him and said, Mr. Webster, I'm really shocked that you put that many definitions of nasty words in the dictionary. And he looked at her and responded and said, Well, madam, I'm shocked that you took the time to look them up. <laughs> Amen? And so today, I just if we're going to make an impact for the church, we need to be ready. Don't think that... Sometimes we get a distorted view of Christianity. We think that if we come and join the church, that everything's going to be okay in my marriage. We think that everything's going to work out here if, if I just do this. that I just get saved and after I'm saved I'm a child of God. Man, it's going to be just a bed of roses and, and everybody's going to love each other and we're just going to have a great time and it doesn't work that way. The devil is alive and well. The Bible says he's seeking like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. John 10.10 10 says that he's come to kill, steal and destroy for anything that's, that's in God's purposes today. And so... He is a thief, and, and I don't know if y'all noticed or not, but good news, I mean bad news always follows good news when we're doing things in life. Let's all stand. Y'all are quiet. Y'all don't know where this is coming from this morning. look looked like... Y'all look at me like a steer staring at a new gate. I mean, I am not lie. Y'all must not have Critics. Look at this in, in Luke. I want to show you one instance that Jesus... This is just one instance that He had critics. In Luke chapter 13, starting in verse 10, it says, Now He, talking about Jesus, He came come to the synagogue here, and He was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and was bent over, and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, He called to called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight. And look what she did. She was excited. The whole, they started glorifying God for a great miracle that had just taken place. I mean, this woman, for 18 years, had this infirmity, this, whatever it was, this handicap of, can you imagine coming to church every Sunday bent over like this? I mean, people wave at you and you, How you doing? I mean, she was, the Bible says she was bent over for 18 years and kept coming to church and coming to church, praying to God for a miracle. And all of a sudden, the master comes in this day in church. <laughs> Isn't it amazing what Jesus, the difference he makes when he comes to church? Amen. And there is a difference. There is a difference in having a, just a, a meeting. And when Jesus comes into the house, changes start taking place. And this is what happened here. It says in verse 14, they were glorifying God in 13, then right here in verse 14, but the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. Because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, and he said to the crowd, There are six days on which men ought to work, therefore come and be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath day. It says, Then Jesus answered him and said, Hypocrite, he's kind of. Jesus is, you know, he he don't say what he means, does he? Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? And when he said these things, all of his adversaries put to shame. And the multitude rejoiced for the glorious things that were done by Him. Heavenly Father, I pray today that You'll just show us that, Lord, You have a will. You have a calling for each one of our lives. For this church. And, Lord, we, sometimes we have to turn our back on the audience to be able to lead. And to go in the right direction that You want us to go in our lives. And Lord, just show us how to overcome. The things that are said and the things that are done that tries to derail us from being what you want us to be, Heavenly Father, just open our eyes this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone saying, Amen. "Amen." You can be seated. For example, I don't know if you realize this or not, but we all criticize. Amen. How I many? Boy, y'all don't like your sermon. Amen. I can already tell y'all don't like it. How many in here criticized somebody before? If y'all don't raise y'all's hand, we're going to preach on tithing or something. We all... Hey, just for example, I'm going to really show who's, who's tearing a spiritual fib. How many, y'all, how many of y'all watched the Razorbacks yesterday against Alabama? How many of y'all criticized? I'm telling you. What in the world is he passing so much for? Why don't he run the ball? We got three of the greatest running backs in SEC and we're throwing, throwing, throwing. I caught myself doing that and I thought, man, I'm criticizing. Casey, if you notice Casey (laughs) yesterday, I mean, he didn't say a whole lot on Facebook. Did you notice that on Facebook? Like Casey's for LSU. And he's always, what are we doing? Why are they doing this? And I put a little post a couple of weeks ago on criticism. Yesterday he just put, no discipline. That's all he put. Didn't say nothing else. No discipline. Didn't say nothing else about LSU all night long. But we all get into the habit of criticizing. Amen? And we've got to realize that everybody's not going to do everything just like you do it. Every church is not going to worship just like the church you was brought up in. Sometimes you have to tell your parents, we're not going to worship like y'all do or maybe how you brought us up. Amen? As long as we're giving glory to Jesus Christ and giving it all to Him in the right heart, listen, God wants our true worship. Worship in spirit and truth. And churches can't get that... Listen, churches criticize each other more than lost people do. (laughs) I I mean, I hear it all the time, Tim. I'm not going to Pleasant Hill. Y'all don't play the traditional blue heavenly highway hymn, hardback, 1864 books. And if you don't play that, I can't worship. I hear it all the time. And And I got news for you, friend. It's not about... There's a difference in singing and worshiping. Amen? You can worship... If this is the only time you worship during the week... It's not worship. Listen, worship is a lifestyle. Worship is how you are. You worship on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's not a certain style. So we criticize a lot on music or we criticize, well, he's loud. Or, man, my first church I ever went to, and I still preach like I still do. I mean, I preach this way for 18, 20 years. One lady comes up to me and says, Brother George, I love your preaching, but you just don't use enough Scripture. I'm going, well, next time we'll start in Genesis and we'll go to Revelation. Amen? On Sunday. Here we go. Don't get me started. And so you always have them out there. There are people don't like the Razorbacks. They do. You know, there's always going to be critics out there. But we've got to stay focused on what God has called us to do. Amen? Jesus Christ had many critics, he had many uh, thousands of people following him at this time in his ministry. and he comes into the synagogue and there's this woman, can you go back to that Michelle in Luke chapter 13, he comes in and he, he is coming into this religious uh, meeting here, these uh, Pharisees, these scribes and Pharisees, there's a lot of rules to go to their church. There's a lot of rules that you've got to learn through by the law. You've got to do it by the law of Moses. And Jesus is trying to teach them here. I'm not coming to destroy the law. I'm coming to fulfill it. I am the Messiah. Your laws will point you to the cross, but your law will never save your soul from sin. It will never pay the sin debt. I'm the only one. I'm coming to fulfill it on the cross here in just a few weeks or maybe months away. I'm gonna die on the cross and be the one time sin sacrifice that's gonna fulfill all the rules that you're laying out. But they didn't understand that. So Jesus comes in and 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 you really got to you really got to love this woman's faithfulness. Eighteen years of being bent over. Eighteen years, I don't know about y'all, but how many of y'all stay bent over for two minutes and you got a crick in your back? Amen. This woman for 18 years is walking into the temple every day and all she can see is right here. I mean, for once, I know after 18 years she'd want to straighten up. But she couldn't. She was bound and she was bound by this infirmity of whatever. It, it the Bible says I, it's just the bent over disease. Amen. I mean, she just bent over. That's all she could do. And she comes in Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, Thursday. Whenever the synagogue was open and they were worshiping, this woman was faithful. I love this woman's faithfulness. And you know she got criticism. You know that they 18 years of coming to church and praying to be healed and you've never been healed. You know that there had to be a few people. And I know some of them Baptists in the back seats in that synagogue. We're going, I don't know why she's coming. She's been been over for eighteen years. I'd have stayed at home. You know, eighteen years. This lady, God apparently she's got some bad sin in her life, because God don't want to heal her. Something is happening to her. She's doing something to cause this. And the whole time. She's been over Sunday after Sunday, coming into the church house and worshiping with the people and praying, God, you know my heart, you know I'm real, you know I need a touch from you. And on this one day, by her being faithful, Jesus comes to church. Now the law has been leading them and the Pharisees have been leading them, but this day, Jesus Christ shows up in the church. And this is amazing, listen, God will do amazing things in our church if we'll just let Him show up in here. Amen. Put all of our thoughts outside of these walls, all of our traditions and all of this, and just say, Jesus, have your way in this service. It's not about how I should want the service. It's not about how you should want the service. But how does Jesus want us to have services? Amen. When we leave here today, I'm glad I'm preaching on this. Because probably if I had, well, they probably will anyway. Somebody's going to criticize when they walk out of here today. You know I like that George, but man, that dude preaches way too long. We're we're gonna we're not gonna to get to eat. You know I got a roast on going on. It's gonna be burnt. I wish this. You know I was somebody who told me it was like this over here. I did, you know I, Hey, we're gonna give you money's worth over here, baby. Okay, just hang on. You're not gonna come in and get just a little bit of this and kiss the babies and hey. We need to show up and say, Jesus, I need you to change my heart. I'm tired of living the way I'm living, doing the way I'm doing, thinking the way I'm thinking. Jesus, come in and change us. And that's all we have to do as a church if we want to make an impact in this community. All we've got to do is cry out to Him and say, Jesus, help us be an impact. Help us get rid of all the critics. I mean, we shouldn't have to come in here every Sunday for critics. Amen? It's not my job or your job to give us a 50% rating. <laughs> this isn't TV. Amen? We're not in the rating business. Jesus wants us to come in with the right heart. When Jesus shows up, man, you don't care what's going on. When Jesus, show- I'm telling you, when Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit shows up in a service, you lose all time. Amen. Amen. You lose all time. You don't care what anybody else is wearing beside you. You don't care what you're wearing. Now you're just glad to be in the presence of Jesus. And that's how I get when I get to preach it. I just man, I just I'm just glad to be here. And so this woman has the she's bent over, and Jesus looks at her. And he says, Woman. Be loosed of your infirmities. Can you imagine Jesus speaking to you after... I mean, the preacher here couldn't help you. Amen. The priest in the synagogue couldn't help her. She'd been going there for 18 years. Nobody could see... Listen, there's no church that can save you or heal you. Only Jesus can. Amen. Yeah. Only Jesus. And so Jesus says, Woman, be loosed of thy infirmity. The faith of this woman. She's sitting here. And then all of a sudden, Jesus comes over, the Bible says that he touched her, and immediately she was healed. And can you imagine this woman? Now listen, she didn't go out and Jesus said, now I touched you and I prayed for you in the name of Jesus. You are going to be healed. Go see Dr. Uh, McGee in two days and he'll give you some medicine and you'll start straightening up month after month. No. Jesus went in and touched her. And at that moment, the Bible said he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight. Can you imagine that? I mean, looking at somebody's shoes for 18 years. I mean, come here, Tim. I mean, this is all, for 18 years, this is all I would see of Tim. I mean, I'd have to turn and see what he looks like, but I'm I'm going, man, finally. Finally. Finally, on this day, you can sit down. When, when Jesus touched her, she seen more than Tim's shoes. Amen. Amen. She's seen their face, and the Bible says she immediately straightened up. Now, when you get touched by Jesus, when you get delivered by Jesus, when you get saved by Jesus, when you get touched by Jesus in a church service, you're not going to go. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I'm straight now, and I can walk. And man, I can ooh. I'm going home and reverently worship you. She didn't do that. The Bible says not only her, but the people around there, they knew this wasn't a fake. This woman had been coming for 18 years with being bent over, and all of a sudden Jesus touches her, and the Bible says that she glorifies Jesus she jumped and she shouts, and say, this is the man that touched me. I've been coming 18 years and man can't heal me. The church can't heal me. But a man called Jesus touched me and immediately I'm straight. Immediately I am set free from what has... Listen, and this is what we need to get in our hearts today. There's only one person that's going to set you free this morning. And it's Jesus Christ. It's the only. I don't care if you say, well, George, I, I got marriage problems, I got financial, I got this. Now listen, the first thing we say is when usually when we get marriage problems, we got to find a church. Amen. Oh, come on, people, help me preach a little. <laughs> when we first get in trouble, we want to find a church. How many of y'all did that? How many of y'all probably come to Pleasant Hill in midst of problems? I got one, two, three, be honest, four, five, six, seven, eight. In the midst of... Pro- God uses circumstances to get us there, amen? He does that. But it's not the church. Listen, the church don't... Listen, when you come in, you may... Everybody in here at one time has been been over. You don't want to admit it or not, I may have some people in here been going to church 40 years and I'm not being over. You look in the mirror lately? Spiritually, you all been over. I've been a deacon for 45 years. Yeah, but you've been looking at the floor for 45, too. You know, it's so it's so it's amazing to see when people are set free by Jesus and not the, the denominationalism and 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 criticism. And when they're broke free from that, they want to glorify Jesus. Amen. It's so great. I got two or three. When you get when you really get touched by Jesus, you're going to want to glorify him. Amen. And the, listen, she said, she went to glorifying Jesus and running around. And, and, I, and I believe they were all clapping. I believe they're going, this woman got healed. I believe the whole. Let's just do let's just imagine where the crowd. Everybody. Come on. Come on. Come on. Everybody. I know you. I got some Baptists in here that want to clap. Come on. Let's just clap. And they're sitting here and this is going on. I mean, this woman's going, I'm healed. I'm healed. Now, all of a sudden, stop. Because this is what the voice of criticism did to the crowd. In verse 14, if all this was going on, the woman's glorifying God because she's healed. And all of a sudden, a religious critic speaks up. Isn't that the way it usually goes? I tell people all the time we could have 400 get saved today. We could baptize 200 or 400 next Saturday, Sunday. Unless y'all want to come up Saturday. Next Sunday, we could baptize 400 next Sunday. And this word to get out and go down 70, down toward piercing, down toward hot springs. Could you hear it? Can you believe it? 400 got baptized at Pleasant Hill this morning. Can you believe it? And then there'll be some churches that'll say, praise God. Praise God for that. The ones with the real heart's will. See, because when you have a real heart, you're glad. No matter whether people get saved in Pleasant Hill or get saved in another church, whether they're Pentecostal or Baptist, you're excited because they finally have been straightened up. And I've been around so many people. Well, it didn't happen in a Baptist church. It's probably not real. These are the type of people that were standing around the synagogue. It didn't happen in our synagogue, it didn't happen through our laws. So they go, man, what are we going to do here? This Jesus is called, These people are glorifying, jumping. What are we going to do? And finally, the preacher of the whole church stands up and says, um, uh, Jesus, have you never heard that uh, you've got Monday through Saturday here to heal this woman and go to church and do your stuff, and you've got to do it on the Sabbath? And Jesus looks at him. Look what it says. It says, The ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. You think they would be happy? <laughs> I would be happy I don't care Amen. I wouldn't be happy listen I'd be so happy if Casey come and preached here, and somebody came up and got healed or touched I'm not going to follow it up with indignation and say, "Well, it should have been me, not Casey. Maybe God's look at me and say, "Well, maybe you need to get yourself right, George." Yeah. You're so jealous of everything and everybody and every religious thing. Be happy they're healed. And he turns around and he says, but Jesus, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, not only to say it, Jesus, that the whole, man, these people are still, they're still pumped from this woman being healed. They're going, man, did you see that? Oh, she's, she's. I think one guy even had his arm around the lady right here going, man, but you're straightened up. You're not being over no more. This is great. And then one guy in the back. Sometimes I think these guys are Baptists. Uh, Let me have your attention please. There are six days. Six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed here on them days. And not on this day. And man, the crowd got quiet. And you thinking, man, Jesus is getting criticized for healing in church. And I, I love what Jesus did. Now, he, he did call them hypocrites, but he said something before that really got them to thinking. Look at this, it says, Then the Lord answered. It's talking about Jesus. And he said, Hypocrites. Do not each one of your, do not each one of you on the Sabbath loose your ox or your donkey from the stall and lead him down. Do you get a drink of water? Or do you just let him die of thirst all day? After we we have church here, and y'all go home, I guarantee you, Jesus is going, Matter of fact, I seen you last Sunday leading six donkeys and four mules and two goats. Down to the water after church services, leading them. And he said... You're leading them to the water to drink. According that he, Now Jesus is not condemning them for leading goats to the water and, and ox and cows and donkeys. That's, that's not what He's criticizing for and calling them hypocrites for. He's saying you want to stand up here on your laws and say do not work on the Sabbath. But every one of you, the daughter of Abraham, has been coming for 18 years begging and pleading to be healed. And none of you could touch her. Well, no church could touch her. But when I come here... I said, loose woman, stand up. And she's healed. Jesus wasn't attacking their law. He was attacking the technicality of the laws the way they were doing church. Their legalistic ways. Well, it's okay for us to stand up here and preach, but then we're going to lead animals to the water after church. Jesus says, you're being hypocrites. This woman, would you rather glorify over an animal in the stall or glorify over a woman being healed. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't care what church I was. If I was being over. If I had a cancer. Or if I had a disease. Guys I really don't care. It don't have to be in Pleasant God don't have to heal me in Pleasant Hill. Amen. He can heal me in another church or a revival service. I don't care as long as Jesus touches me. That's what I need. Amen. That's what we got to realize. If we're going to make an impact here at Pleasant Hill, now y'all listen to this. If we leave out of here, and we here today, right across the street, right here at Lake... See, they used to have the same name as us. It's Lake Hamilton Assembly of God. Remember they came up and we had Thanksgiving services together? Now what if we left out of here today, and we heard that Pleasant uh, Pleasant Hill. Lake Hamilton Assembly had 150 saved today. I hope that's what we say. I hope that's our response. I've been around enough Baptist traditional landmark Baptist churches before that get jealous, Chad, and say, well, they must have something going on over Can't be real, they're Assembly of God get a little news for you. The Holy Spirit looks past what you wear and what you worship and what you associate you with to change you this morning. He looks past all of that. You say, I know some of y'all are sitting there going, man, is this guy Baptist or, you know, I am true Baptist. Okay? But God's given me good enough eyes and spiritual eyes to look back and say, Baptist, don't get me to heaven. If people in this country don't start calling on the name of Jesus... Then we're never going to have things being healed in our lives. That's the truth. We've got to call upon Jesus. I'm your pastor, but I'm not Jesus. Amen. I mean, I want you to pat me on the back and tell me you love me, and, you know, one or two of you can say, at least, that's a great sermon. That sounds good. But I'm not Jesus and I'm not the church. Jesus is the head of this church. And this is the one that does the great move. Now how does He do that? People with surrendered hearts, they see that. People with right hearts see Jesus before they see anything else. Amen? They see Jesus before they see anything else. And He says, you bunch of hypocrites. You would rather for... This woman, a daughter of Abraham, not to be healed. You're upset because she got healed. And here's the whole thing. And this is usually happens with us. The devil's out to kill, steal, and destroy whatever you're trying to do for God. How many of y'all sitting here, has God put something in your heart and you say, Man, I think God's calling me to do that. Got one. Amen. Praise God. There's two. We're two or three gathered together. How many? Let me start over again. Listen, if you've been a Christian, not li- I wanna, guys, if y'all's not hearing that, we need to wake up and listen for the voice of God. Because I'm telling you, if you're a child of God this morning, Tim, God is speaking to you when you leave this building. He's speaking to you on Monday, He's speaking to you on Tuesday, He's speaking to you on Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday night. Friday night, in the shower, in the bed, driving down the bypass, going to work, on the job, in the office. He's speaking. Now, we may not be hearing Him. And we may have everything jumbled up in our lives and out of whack. But He's speaking. How many of y'all agree with me? So, if you're here this morning, and you're a child of God... You leave here this week, I'm telling you, God is going to speak in your life. Now, how many in here has God... I'm not telling you He's calling you to preach, guys. It could be as small as in Walmart, seeing somebody in need and you pushed your basket by and the Holy Spirit thumped you in the heart and said, stop and help. But here's what we do. I got three kids and we got to be at soccer in 20 minutes. God, I'll see you later. <laughs> we think because we pushed the buggy past the woman, that wasn't God. God's still speaking. Amen. Somebody approaches you and says, I need, Hey, buddy, you got $5? Knowing good and well, you got about 100 in that pocket. And you say, No, I don't have five bucks. And walk off. God hits you and says, Why'd you tell that man that? Well, God, you know, I got this money saved for muzzle loading. Amen? I'm going deer hunting. I got bullets to buy and powder to burn and deer to see. And I need my five dollars. God is still speaking to you in that situation. I'm not saying God is calling you to preach. He's not even calling you to be an upfront or on stage on Sunday. He's calling you to be a child of God and to see Him move. He's got a calling for your life. He's got, he's got a place He's trying to get you to go, but we've got to sometimes just be still. Be still. But I got three soccer. So what? Let the soccer games go for once. Be still. But I got to go to work and I'm late. God, I got 15. Be still. He's probably going to do this to everybody in here this week at some point in time. His child of God, listen, you know why God's doing that, Arch? He's saying, I've got a revelation for you. And this is the problem with the church, Chad. This is the problem with Christians today, is we're not still enough. If you don't get a revelation, you're not going to continue to grow into your calling in the direction. You've got to have something revealed to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Something new and something fresh. You say, well, I've been in church 40 years. I've heard every sermon. You know what? God's Word is fresh and new. He may not use a new sermon to speak to you today. Amen? He may use somebody in Walmart this week. He may use somebody to come up to you on your job this week to re- a new revelation. He may use some. He may use one of your best friends. He may use somebody that you. Oh, this. Is, he might even use your critic. That's right. oh, that's right. Wouldn't that be nice? Critic that was all over you that wanted to see you fail and fall and. How many of y'all ever had that happen? I mean, boy, twenty years ago, they would love to see you fall and spill and get divorced, go bankrupt, see your church minister fall. I had a lot of people like that when I come to Pleasant Hill. Give him about five years. I say, don't even give him five; give him two because you can't run and preach, and ha- it's a bunch of emotion. I'm telling you. He's so emotional and hollers and screams and he just likes to get people pumped up and send them out the doors. And you know what? Some of them critics, I've been here going on 11 years. I've been preaching 18, 19, 1997. 19, y'all do the math. I got to preach. Amen. He'll never make it. He's so emotional. And the stuff they do in that church down there is so unscriptural. They actually lay hands and pray on people in that church. They actually raise... I can't go down there. They raise hands. They raise hands in their church. They actually use oil every now and then to pray over people. And that oh. Whew. It's in the word, read it, my friend. Amen. But I don't know why nobody has moved in our church in 40 years. We ain't seen nobody walk the aisle in in, in five years. And 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 we can't keep a preacher. We've had six in the last six years. Amen. Amen. But then It turns around, I've seen the same critics walk in the door. And you know what's so good? It's because we all need what this woman got that day. You may come in Pleasant Hill being over. I've seen them come in, I mean, being over from from not God's Word, being over just because that's what my Sunday school teacher told me. And it'll, be, it'll bend you over if that's all you believe in Him. Amen? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Well, God don't move like He used to, man. It'll bend you over. But the greatest joy is to see people come in. And, and this happened to me. And I, and I had to go through this process. Because I, be, I used to be a bent over Baptist. They got healed. No, they didn't. It do not work no more. Man, did you know there's spiritual gifts in the church? No, there's not. There's faith, hope, and love. Amen? Do you know that so-and-so down at so-and-so church got touched today and got healed? No, he didn't. That was done away with when we got God's Word. God's Word makes it even better. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Amen? I got news for the church. If God didn't give spiritual gifts to the church, we could not fight Satan and all his demonic forces. That's why God gifted you. So quit criticizing it and be a part of the army. Amen? Because I'm telling you, Once you come in and you get a real touch of Jesus and He straightens you up, man, you get a whole perspective on the church. Wow. Man, Jesus, you are bigger than these four walls. Wow. Man, your power is great. I mean, you can heal marriages. You can actually take people that get out of the way, chair. People that were on drugs. Alcohol. We've got to widen that middle row or something or build bigger or something. God can actually take people that was on drugs that were bent over and immediately restore them. How many of y'all believe that? He can take a marriage that has been gone a long time and you get Jesus and He'll straighten you up. You may be here and say, I, I haven't been on fire for Jesus in years. You will once you get over the being over Baptist syndrome. Amen. I'm going to make a lot of Baptists mad on the internet, I can already tell you. When I start getting the emails and the stuff on my phone, I'm giving it to Levi, my deacon, and tell him to handle it. But we need to stop being bent over today. Amen. Let Jesus straighten you up. The critics are always going to be out there. They're always going to be there. No, guys, listen, it it doesn't matter. They're always going to be there for you. Man, I gotta hurry. This is I had fun with this one. Because you know why? There's a lot of us came in today that was been over. Been over. There's always gonna be critics, but God, you may be struggling with critics right now. Jesus Christ struggled with critics. We all struggle with critics if we're going and making an impact for the gospel. But here's the problem. If you're here this morning and you're still being over, you need to quit looking at the church. You need to quit looking at church doctrine, their bylaws, and all that stuff that runs the church. That's not where the power is at. The power is in the blood of Jesus Christ that died on the cross this morning. Amen? Yes, we attend a Baptist church, but we worship the head of the church that gives us eternal life. Amen? Amen. The power is in Jesus. There's not, listen, I say this at every funeral I preach. You ought to see the looks I get. It's funny. At the, every time I preach a funeral, I say, listen guys, He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes a father except through ch- ch- one door which is Jesus and I want to tell you this morning it's not Baptist it's not Pentecostal it's not assembly it's not Presbyterian it's through the blood that's it that's it and so let's be happy when other churches are seeing lives changed hearts being saved let's rejoice with them To see what the devil's already making a heyday of the church and the world, and we can't even get along. Because we want to criticize each other. And he's having a heyday. But here's the deal if you're being criticized this morning, it's not about you. It wasn't about the woman that was bent over this morning. This has been going on since the beginning of time. It's a spiritual warfare, it's a spiritual warfare, and you're just caught in the middle. So next time you get criticized, it's not about you. It's about the kingdom. It's about the kingdom, amen? Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. Touch us in a mighty way this morning. If there's someone here that is like this woman that's been bent over, maybe the world has bent you over and turned you, and maybe people have turned you bitter and turned you, and you're just bent over. You haven't seen the real Jesus in a long time, and you may be saved. But you've never, it's been years since Jesus has touched your heart. Since you've been excited about something that Jesus put in your heart. If that's you this morning, come and let the Master touch you. Jesus Christ touch you. Heavenly Father, have your way at this altar call now. Whatever we need. If there's someone here that feels like the world's getting them down, being criticized, let them know it's not about them. But it's a spiritual battle going on in the heavenlies. It's about the kingdom of God. And that's the most important thing is the kingdom. Heavenly Father, have your way in this service, in this altar call this morning. Straighten a bunch of us up this morning, Lord. Touch us in Jesus' name. And everyone saying... Amen. Let's all stand. Maybe you're like I was talking about earlier. You're so busy that you haven't heard God. It's not God's fault. Sometimes we just need to put some stuff away and slow down and say, God, now speak to me. Don't get to the point where God has to put us, allow something to come in and trip you up so you'll hear Him. I've had that happen to me many times. Sometimes God had listen. Sometimes God had to slow me. Y'all know me. I got ADHD, man. And God had to slow me down. Where I'm not talking about. He had to slow me down enough so I would stand still and hear that calling one day. And it it took a pound and six ounce baby to get me to slow down and say, George, now do I have your attention? now I'm speaking I want you for the kingdom you have run you have run you have run you have run you, have been, you went here I've tried to speak to you for many years now stop and you say well that's mean no it's our fault it's our fault and God has to boy when he got me where I'd hear him I heard him loud and clear And I'm telling you, this is the whole deal why people criticize. This is, and it's not It is the devil working through people. It's to see you miss your God moment. Everybody in here has got a God moment. Amen. Everybody, God's got an appointed time. He wants to speak to you or reveal something. Just be still and know Him. Quit running from Him. Amen. I know what it means to run. Miserable miserable but i could show up at church next sunday and have a smile and say i'm worshiping jesus and, and and i'm kind of like that little boy i may be sitting down on the inside but on the you know on the outside i might be sitting down but on the inside i'm running away from you god i may be sitting every sunday in church but i'm running on the inside is that you this morning just come and let him reveal something to you I don't know what your heart is, but just come to Him as we play, as we sing.